Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. church with the kids it's going to be exciting so good for them and i'm gonna be over here with the adults and we're gonna have church and it's just gonna be just like kids church only with adults <laughs> it's good to see everyone um i uh i got a text message yesterday tammy wasn't feeling great and so we need to um pray for tammy that god would touch her She's got some stuff going on, and so let's pray that God would touch her uh, before we move forward in this service. God, I pray that you would touch uh, Tammy today. God, you know all the other requests that are out there. God, the ones that have been mentioned, the ones that haven't been mentioned. God, and I just pray right now that you would touch any of those, God, any of those needs. God, anything that's on our minds right now, help us to put it aside. God, let us focus on your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I... I uh, Full disclosure, I gave someone my notes because they wanted to see what I do. So they have my notes for this service. And so um, that's my icebreaker. <laughs> um, I'm not going to follow my notes. <laughs> I never do. So, uh, but you can check out and see what I did there. Uh, Joe, you've got my notes. So, <laughs> but uh, let's start off with this. We're still in the war within. This is going to be the last message specifically geared with the war within. And so I got a few things that I want to cover today that I feel like if you can if you can live with this and do some of these things, it will change your outlook. It'll change it'll change your life. I promise you that. So it was funny yesterday. I was joking um, with Jim and Betty after prayer, and we were talking about um, 
if uh, I can't remember how it went. I can't remember kind of how it went, but we joked about uh, you know we're we're a mega church, and we talked about like well to be a mega church you got to preach a prosperity gospel, <laughs> and I was like well. <laughs> I said, I do preach the prosperity gospel, repentance. And Betty said, yeah, and baptism and being filled with his spirit. I was like, yeah, that's the prosperity gospel. You want your life to be changed. It starts right here with repentance. You're like, but I've been, I've been serving God for a long time. I know. But Paul said he died daily. And I know there's no one in here would be like, well, I'm just as good as Paul. If you are, then you need to live a life where you die daily. <laughs> So I'm going to preach a little bit and teach a little bit about repentance today. It's an important thing. But we're going to preach about, we're going to talk about what Jesus preached. Um, and and let, me, let me build this. There's, there's a lot today where people are like, we need a revolution in America. We're like, revolution, like, you know, like there's, there's so much, there's so much stuff. And I just recently with, with uh, the school shooting and, and all of those things, there's people who are crying for revolution, but they refuse the revelation of repentance. And, and what's so sad is there's, there's politicians, there's preachers, there's people out there who are preaching this revolution, and they're skipping the part that Jesus preached. Now, if Jesus preached this, I feel like it's, if, 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 you're, if you want to be a preacher, and you're here today, this right, Cindy over here is like, nope, I know, God didn't call me to be a preacher. <laughs> That's okay, but if you've ever thought, you know what, maybe I'd like to put a message down. Here you go, preach what Jesus preached. And you can't go wrong. If you look in the Bible and see what the Bible says, you're not going to go wrong. And look at Mark chapter 1 and verse 14. It says, now after uh, that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Jesus didn't preach a message of revolution. He preached a message of repentance. Why? Because just about everything, everything in our country, the things that we're going through right now, it's a heart issue. There's some things going on in our own city, and it's a heart issue. There's things going on in our church, and it's a, it's a heart issue. I've got to get back to the very basics, what Jesus preached, repentance. The kingdom of God is at hand. So I, I want to present to you today, if you're looking for revelation, for a revolution, it's repentance. It will change the way you live. It will change the way you walk, the ch way you talk, the things you do. It may even change some of the people that you hang out to. I believe that more than ever, the church should be re preaching repentance, not, not a revolution. The revolution comes when people repent because your life is changed. It's got to take you saying, I've got a problem. The very beginning, if you want to see change in our country, in our world, in your home, in, in get it real small. If you want to see change in your life, you've got to live a repentant life. It all comes back to this in the very beginning. So I want revolution in my life. I want it in my family. I want it in the church. And so I believe that it's important that we live a repentant life. It begins to destroy the work of the enemy, everything that he meant for evil, God allows to turn it to good. When I live a repentant life, it changes my mindset. This is one of my scriptures. If you have the pamphlet and stuff, if you have the notes, it says, James chapter 4, it says, What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from cravings that are at war within you? Oh, man. 
I'm not here to stri strive with flesh and blood. I'm not here to war with people. Well, we should not look to war with one another, but be associated with the victor, which is Jesus Christ. Yes. Verse 2 says, you desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your evil desires. Man, that last scripture, like if, if, if it was just me saying that, it'd sound kind of mean, but since we got it from the Bible, it's not mean, it's love. <laughs> but it's so true. Like how many times have you prayed a selfish prayer looking to fulfill evil desires? I've been there. Like I know, like if I won the lottery, God, don't let me win the lottery because I don't think I have it in me to control myself. Like, God knows what he can handle with me. And he's like, ain't going to be the lottery, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, man, I believe that God, when we answer, when we seek and we pray, it should be, God, let it be done in your name. Let it be done in your will, in your time. However you want it to be done, let it, let it be. It can't be about my desire. So it's a need for Jesus. And in our world, we face a heart problem. In our world, we face the enemy trying to fill our life with evil desires. The temptations, they, they don't just disappear. They still, they still come and they still mess with each and every one of us. That last night while I was in prayer, I had already done my, 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 my notes and I already put my scriptures in there. But um, Ephesians chapter 6 just hit me. And while we talk about repentance, I'm just going to go through these scriptures real quick. So if you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 6 and a, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and by his vast strength, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes, the plans of the devil. I want to put on the whole armor of God. But sometimes I struggle with different pieces of the armor. We like the sword, right? We're like, I got that figured out, kind of. You know, I like the sword. That sounds cool. The helmet of salvation, the shield of faith where I can block all the fiery darts of the enemy. But have you ever thought if you can't put on truth, the very first thing it lists, that all the things that list there you will never be able to use because you didn't get the first thing right? There is an importance. There is vital to knowing truth in the word of God. Because our struggle isn't against with each other. It's against with principalities, against wickedness, yeah. against the evil rulers Amen. in this world. So I have got to associate myself with the victory side, which is yeah. Jesus Christ. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to, uh, that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand, stand. Everything, uh, stand, therefore, with truth, with your loins girt up with the, the, the belt of truth. Think about that. If you haven't got truth, it's going to be real hard to figure out what righteousness is. If I don't have truth, I'm going to fall into self-righteousness and pride because I don't know what truth is. I'm going to think it's my way, it's my will, it's what I want. But the reality is, is when I pray and when I seek God, it's his will it's never been what I'm supposed to. It's, it's God, what is your will for my life? Amen. It changes the way we do things. Ah, your feet shod 
with the gospel of peace. It's going to be real hard to preach the gospel of peace if you haven't first got truth and righteousness. Because if you don't have the righteousness portion down, you're going to start to put it into your favor. You're going to be like, you're going to twist it. You're going to preach another Jesus. And the Bible says, don't, don't, don't listen to anyone that preaches another Jesus or another gospel. Like, if, if it's not what I taught you, then don't, uh, don't listen to it. Mark them that do this. So then it says, in every situation, take up the shield of faith. Man, faith is like the beginning. Like, I know I will never get to faith if I don't read God's word, if I don't understand truth. I will never get to faith. If I'm constantly looking at myself for the answer, I am going to always struggle with the faith portion because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That means, what's that mean? It means the things that I don't have control of, he's in control of. But, but, but that's real hard because I like to be in control. I like to do what I want to do. I want to do it my way. I, 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 and so I get stuck in this self-pride, this self-righteousness, and I never get to the faith portion. But I got to have faith to block the fiery darts of the enemy. It, it, gets, it gets real hard to start blocking the fiery darts of the enemy if I don't first have faith. So the next thing is, Oh, I'm on the wrong side. Like, those don't look like any of the scriptures I'm looking for. <laughs> what happens when you don't put it in your notes? <laughs> and your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Uh, oh, verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Notice the order this all goes in. Take the helmet of salvation. You need your protection before you pick up the sword. You, you need to protect yourself before you begin to go into battle, you got to protect yourself before you move forward. So when you've done everything to stand, that's, that, that's putting on the armor of God. Now stand, now have your sword ready, but you don't just get to pick up the sword because you're going to struggle with the sword because faith helps you understand the sword. Your, your, your salvation, I need faith to make it to salvation. I, I can't do that on my own. All of these poor, these pieces of the, of the armor of God, I need, and it starts with me saying, God, what's your plan for my, my life? So let me jump back into James 4. That was freebie, but it really builds the foundation for it. I want to live this. I want to preach this. And here it goes in the very first, in verse uh, 4 of James chapter 4, it says, adulteresses. Whew, not a nice Nice word. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? So whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy. I didn't write that. That's in the Bible. You know who James was? Jesus was uh, James was Jesus's brother. Like I feel like he's got a lot of validity in his writing, just in the sense that that he was Jesus's brother. Like <laughs> there's some good stuff there. Okay, verse four five. It says. Or do you think it is without reason? The scripture says that the spirit who lives uh, in us yearns jealously. So that Greek word there uh, in, uh, in adulteresses, it, it's, it's really hard to say. But the Greek word was moikalis or something like that. He's, you know, it's got like a, a G, a silent G or something that the guy pronounced. I could show it to you later. But that's my version of pronouncing it. It's talking about people that go back to their idolatry. 
one of the things that I've been talking about with the war within is we can't go back to the way we've always handled things. If we, if we, if, if God delivers us and then we're like, well, the way that I handle stress is this. And I go back in my faulty thinking and I start to try and handle my situation. What am I doing? I'm just, I'm returning back to my idols. I'm returning back to the things. I've got some faults in my life. I struggle with things when I get, when I get worked up, when I get stressed out, when I get, when I, when I start feeling depressed, when I feel like everybody hates me. Um, I don't think anyone hates me, but boy, in that moment, I'm like, man, I struggle and I've got bad things that run through my mind, thoughts that I have, and I've got to guard my mind. The helmet of salvation is a real good place to start with guarding my mind. So you have to ask yourself, is it your agenda? Or is it God's agenda? What, what am I trying to accomplish in my life? Is it God's will or my will? If it's yours, you need repentance. If, it's, if, it's, uh, if you are a friend of the world, you need repentance. You can't be a friend of the world and on the side of victory. It just, it don't work that way. What fellowship does light have with darkness, the Bible says. So you don't get to serve two masters. Jesus has got to be number one in your life. There will always be a war, but the war is so much better when you're on the winning side. <laughs> you ever fought something? You ever played a game and you were losing? How many of y'all keep playing that game? I played some video games and if I kept losing, I was done. Like you ever see them like rage quits where they like slam the controller kind of thing? Like that's me. I get mad because my guy isn't doing the kick and he's doing a jump instead. I don't get it. Like I push the button. It's lag. It's all these other things. Like I have, like I get, when I, when I get those points, like I'm just like, okay, I'm rage quit. I break my controller, you know, like, uh, that was when I was 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I still play games sometimes. I just like, sometimes I'm just like, I keep losing. So I quit can't serve two masters. Jesus has got to be number one. And so I want to be on the side that wins. And that's Jesus. He's the one who wears the victor's crown. The thing that should drive us crazy is at, at night should not be the news, should not be social media. But I'm guilty of this. Sometimes social media drives me crazy. And if you ask my family, Ashley or Rochelle, <laughs> my sister just jokingly said, actually, maybe it was serious. I was, I was looking at something on social media. I was in a group, and she was like, you just see the leave that group right now. That's a stumbling block. <laughs> and it was nothing bad. It was just me, like, uh, caring about something that didn't matter. <laughs> it, it, I will throw my two cents into It's not two cents anymore. It's five cents because of inflation. But um, <laughs> I throw my five cents into, into everything, and... Uh, <laughs> Um, my, my wife, my sister was just like, you should, you should probably just leave that group. Obviously I didn't leave the group, but I just didn't type anything. <laughs> but those shouldn't be the thing that, that drive us crazy. What should be is how do I do better at preaching repentance? That's a tough one. How do you tell people you need to repent? You got to own up to the things that you've done that are wrong and say, God, I repent of my sins. I'm sorry. That gets real hard. How do you do that nicely? Like I, I thought, I thought I could just, you know, just have faith and believe that that Jesus is my Savior. Yeah, that's the start. That's the faith portion. 
But salvation, like there, there's, there's a piece to this. There's something I've got to do. There's a portion. I, I've got to believe, but I can't forgive myself of my sins. The only one who, who can is Jesus Christ, and I, I've got to go to him in repentance. And so how do I put my agenda aside and promote God's will in my life? That's the war. That, that's, I would say that's probably the biggest war that we have is putting our agenda aside and saying, God, what is your plan for my life? Because when you ask God for his plan, sometimes you're not going to know what it is. And he's going to say, hey, I want you to do this. You're going to be like, but I need plan. I need the A, B, C, D, E, F, G of the plan. And you're like, I, I'm not getting that. And now you get frustrated. You get confused. You're like, God, why have you left me? He's like, well, I didn't leave you. You just never took a step. Like I told you what to do. And you're like, but that's just blind faith. And that's not what God is expecting. I, you know what? God's not expecting you to be stupid. He's not expecting you to just be blind and follow him. But he is expecting you to take a step. If he's like, hey, I need you to do this. And you'd be like, okay, well, what's the next thing I'm going to do? And he'd be like, I'm not telling you till you get here first. You got to take that step. But as soon as you start taking those steps, it, it, it changes your mindset. It changes things in, in your life. And you're like, oh, this makes sense to me now. So let's, uh, let's go on and read something. I feel like, Aunt Woody, you quoted this scripture at Bible study. And Ashley was like, let's go. Because she knew, like, this scripture was, after Grammy had quoted it this week as the verse of the day, I was like, oh, I know exactly what some of the scriptures I'm using on Sunday. Um, and she quoted the scripture. And how many of us have heard, resist the devil and he'll flee? Like, we've all heard that. Like, that's a good scripture. Be like, the devil's throwing fiery darts at me. You just need to resist him and, and flee. But you know, it's actually a two-part process. It's, it's, it's not just resist the enemy. Because verse this verse 7, it says, therefore, I, I've got this wrong before. I, I, I've quoted this scripture wrong. When I say resist the devil and flee, that's, that's poor instruction. That, that's, that's a bad way because it's taking a portion of the scripture and twisting it for your agenda. Like I've quoted it, mis, I've misquoted it, I've done it wrong. But the actual scripture, it says in uh, verse 7, therefore submit to God. I just skipped that part. And then resist the devil and he'll flee from you. If... If I don't get the first portion right, submit to God, I am going to struggle with resisting because I have no power. I haven't associated myself with the victory side. I have to submit myself to God's will. If it's my will, then, then I'm not submitted to God. If it's what I want to do, then I'm not submitted to God. And when the devil comes, there's a good chance that he's going to win the fight and I'm going to fall prey to temptation because I just can't resist him. Because I never submitted to God in the first place. Oh, so how did that tie in with the armor of God? Well, if you don't submit, it's going to be real hard to put on truth. It, it, the, the hard pill that you got to swallow sometimes is the truth pill. <laughs> and not a lot of people like the truth pill. I don't like the truth pill sometimes. Oh, but it's what I need. It's what changes my life. God gives greater grace. So in this uh, passage, I feel like a lot of times we just 
want to say resist the devil and he'll flee. And we just assume that the person has submitted to God's will. But I believe even more so sometimes we think to be a strong Christian, we've got to figure it out on our own. We, we think that, you know what, I, I've, got, I've got to do this by myself. And there are some things you are going to have to journey a little bit. By yourself. You're going to have to figure some things out. But a strong Christian is, is not someone who's trying to figure it out on themselves. They're, they're, that's not a Christian. A strong Christian is someone who is submitted to the will of God. I, I want to be a strong Christian. I want to be one that lives repentance. Weakness is being unable to look at the things in your life and and own up to them. That's weak. A strong Christian can be like, you know what? I did this wrong. God, I'm sorry for my sins and turn away from it. That is what a strong Christian looks like. Not someone who's like, well, I don't need the, the preachers preaching to someone else about repentance. No, every one of us, I'm preaching to myself. I have got to do better in my walk with God. So the very first part is submission to God. I will never have power if I have not first submitted. If it's my will all the time, then I am full of pride and I am my own God. I have become a friend of the world and an enemy of God. Think about that. That's, that's a, those scriptures that, that James is, is writing here is so vital to us as Christians. That means... If you are a friend of the world, an enemy of God, then you've already submitted your will to what you're trying to resist. Like, you ever wondered why, like, there's such a big war? Because you're like, you've got this conflicting side that's like, well, I don't, this is not the life I want to live. But you've already submitted and said, okay, you know what? It's my way. And you've submitted yourself to yourself. And that don't work. You, you can't submit yourself to your will. You have to be submitted to, to God's will. Otherwise, you lose out on that ability to resist the enemy and for him to flee. So when that comes into your life, it's almost as if you're welcoming it with open arms because that was the side you chose. That was the side. Yes, there's a war. There's a struggle that's going on. And, and sometimes we choose that other side. And that's... The wrong place to be. I got to choose the one who wears the victor's crowns. I cannot associate with something that hates me. Don't ever believe that the world loves you. Don't ever believe that the world loves you. Because the enemy would love to steal, kill, and destroy. He goes out like a roaring lion seeking who he who he can devour. Like, I, I look at all of these things and, and I don't want to be associated with that because there's no love there. Oh, you can do whatever you want. You can live however you want. You're like, well, Zach, you're, you're just preaching. I'm not preaching rules, I promise. I, I'm not telling you you have to do this or do that, but I, I'm showing you that if you can live and you can say, God, I'm gonna live a heart that's repentant. I'm gonna live a life that, that's in your will. It will change the way that you think. All of a sudden you're like, God's, God's word becomes a tool. It becomes something that I can apply to my life Amen. that changes who I am. I'm not gonna preach something that's not in God's word. I, I refuse to do that. You can read a lot of self-help books. You can read a lot of things that, that sound real good. 
But if it isn't backed by scripture, it's going to just feed the war inside of you. It can't be man's opinion. It's got to be God's. So verse 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, double-minded people. This next scripture blew my mind. It like changed my entire, like, ah, my theology, if you will. Verse 9, it says, be miserable and mourn. So what? No, he takes, like, I don't want to just stop, Zach. Don't read that scripture. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Your laughter must change to mourning and your joy to sorrow. Okay, let's think about this because I know there's a scripture in Psalms that, that, that talks about my, my sorrow being turned to joy, my, my weeping into dancing. I, I know that I've heard songs about it. He turns my, I can't remember how it goes, but something like that. Uh, but anyways, we, we look at this and we're like, but, the, but I, I thought like I get to be happy. I, I thought like my emotions would be, this isn't uh, talking about emotions. This is talking about Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10. Second Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10. And, and I can't be happy with what is not right. I can't. If I am satisfied with what is sin, then I'm lost. I, I, God, what is your word say? Be miserable and mourn? What's this mean? For context, we got to read 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. I'm going to use the amplified version for this. It says, for godly sorrow, that is in accord with the will of God, produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But worldly sorrow, the hopeless sorrow of those who do not believe, produces death. I'm not talking about hopeless sorrow when I say sorrow. I'm talking about the sorrow that works repentance. God, I cannot live this life anymore. God, I can't, I can't do this anymore. God, I need to be changed. God, let me be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And then when he does it, don't go back to it when you get stressed out, when you get, when you get tore up, when you get conflicted. Don't go back to the old life. Say, God, I'm walking with a new mind. God, I'm walking with a new attitude. God, with a new, it says they'll talk with new tongues. I don't believe that that's just uh, the, what we saw in Acts when speaking in tongues. I think it's a whole new tongue. Like you change the way you talk. There's things I say now that I would have never said before. I believe you do talk with a new tongue. But when I look at this, sorrow that is in accordance with the will of God produces repentance without regret. I don't regret. I told Jim the other day, I was like, there are days, I told him yesterday, I said, there are days when the sun hits just right and the smell, and all of a sudden I'm like, man, this is something I would have done in the past. I would have had a beer on this day or something. I don't want, I don't want to go back to that. That, that's 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 my faulty wired thinking. It associated that with a good time, but things have changed in my life. I associate sometimes sometimes going to prayer and I and I cry. Most times I cry, and I I associate that with a good time. Well, I'm telling you what, when God begins to work and move, man, 
That's a good time. It changes the way I think. I've got to own up to what I've done. Many times we refuse the true process of repentance because we think that we are above this. Repentance stokes the flames within us. It brings about change because I choose to look at who I am and who God wants me to be. For, 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 for some of us, the repentance, like we, we've got to be, God, I'm going to repent. I can't, I can't live this life. Every single one of us, we've got to come to God in repentance. For the sake of the fire within, live a life of repentance. If you don't find repentance and turn away, then there's nothing that anyone can do. It's on you. It's all of us. Each and every one of us have got to come to repentance. There will come a day that God judges. And nobody likes those portions of the scripture. Nobody likes the portions that I might not make it to heaven. If I don't live a life that's repentant, if I continually go back to the old man and I set up, I am an adulteress. That's what James called us. I, I can't go back to the old me. I can't put another God before you. Jesus, you have got to be number one. The only thing that will save you is turning your heart to Jesus and relentlessly pursuing him and turning yourself over to him. Verse 10, it says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. When you refuse to repent, you exalt yourself over the will of God. You exalt your plan, your will, your way, the way that you want to live over God's plan for your life. Man, I look at, I, full transparency, there's a lot of times uh, in my past, I would look at people and instantly write them off. There was this one time a while back that not, not in this church, this is another church. Um, someone was like, well, I was trying to figure out a way that, you know, we could, you know, send a letter to them and email them like after, after they had visited or whatever. And the lady who was sending the email, she was like, well, They'll never be back again. Church, the first chord had not been played yet. And her mind was, they'll never be back again. And in that moment, I was like, well, you haven't even given them a chance yet. Like, you've already written them off. Like, for what, I don't know, was it their look? What they did? They obviously didn't come back to church again. They never did. I don't even know their name at this point. Like, but, but they never came back. And I think about it like, well, if you've already determined in your mind, don't you think that that's going to change the way you talk to someone? The way that you're going to present yourself to them? I look across this place, and I see the potential in every single person. Cindy, you helped teach a Bible study. Did you ever think you would do something like that? You've done it with your family, and you did it here in our Bible study group. Did you ever think you would do something like that? No, but I knew that you could. There was potential in you. You may not believe it and you may not see it. You may like, you know what, I don't really want to do that. But I still believe that you have the potential to do it. I look at people across this place. Joe, uh, the reason why I gave him my notes was he was like, you know what, one day I want to I preach. I'm like, all right, well, then you need to write something down. Let me give you a copy of my notes. <laughs> this, is, this is how it works. I see potential. 
I could look and I could be like, well, I don't know this person that well. I don't know this person that great. I see potential in every single person that sits here. Just because I didn't say your name doesn't mean I don't see it. I believe that God can work in you and through you. But how many of us have been told that you can't do this? You can't do that. You, you, you won't amount to this. You won't amount to that. Like, you're just dumb. You're just stupid. Like, you don't know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Newsflash, neither do I. I'm not great. <laughs> you, you want someone who knows the Bible real well? Betty over here, man, she reads the Bible like 42 hours a week. Like, I mean, she, she reads the Bible. <laughs> she reads the Bible more than I do. And Cindy, she comes up with these questions all the time. And, and Jen comes up with these questions all the time. Jen gave me a full disclosure. She's like, I do what you do and just highlight everything. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. But there's people that study the word of God. If you don't know everything in here, that's okay. You don't have to know everything in the Bible. You'll never know everything. I'm confident in that. You'll never know everything until the day comes. When God catches his people home again. We'll never know it all. But I do know this. Jesus preached repentance. I know this. That Jesus saw potential in people that others did. He was using tax collectors and fishermen. Like think about this for a moment. If you can throw a line in the water and fish. You can be a disciple. If you can count money. You can be a disciple. The, 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 the job description's real vague. Follow Jesus. Study his word and you can be a disciple. Call me a disciple. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I want to pursue him and follow him and him teach me. I've got to humble myself before him. God, it's your way, not my way. So, when I was putting together my notes, I was... I got to this point in my message and I was like, well, it goes after this. And I feel like some of us are like, well, what is repentance? You've said it like 42 times, Zach, throughout this message. What is repentance? It's a process. It's not a prayer. It's something that I actively do every day. When the thought comes in, this is what I'd like to do. I repent. God, help me to stay this way. Repentance is pretty simple. It's like, God, I'm sorry for my sins. You don't have to go through and categorize them all from worst to greatest. To, you don't have to do that. You just, God, I'm sorry for my sins. God, I have, I have done some things. I've had some thoughts. My heart hasn't been where it needs to be. That's the first phase of repentance. The rest is leaving it. At the feet of Jesus, not picking it back up and saying, well, thanks for forgiveness and picking up all that sin. We don't carry that with us. We leave that with Jesus. And when we leave it, we turn away and it's a process, it's a daily process, living a life of repentance. And I got some more in my message, but before I go any further. I want us to repent because I, I truly believe that every one of us has to come to repentance. 
And I don't think I can go any forward and read this next scripture. And if you got the notes, you see the, you see the next scripture. It's going to be real hard to do these next things if I'm weighted down by sin, if I'm weighted down by the thoughts in my mind, if I don't lay them at the feet of Jesus first, my mind has not changed. So we're going to pray. I'm going to turn on some music. And, it, and it's real simple. God, I'm sorry for my sin. Take some time to reflect on your life. God, what, what, what are some things? God, shine a light into every area of my life. I'm not asking you to confess your sins with me. I'm not asking you to tell me about your sin. I'm asking you to just ask God for forgiveness. God, I need you. I'm sorry for my sin. You know, there's some, some thoughts that I've had. There's been some things that I've done. God, some, some things I've looked at, some things I've thought about, some things I've dwelled on. God, I'm sorry. God, I, I want to own up to these. God, I, I repent of those things. And I'm asking you that you would help me to walk in faith, God, to follow you. I know I may make mistakes sometimes, but God, I want to live a repentant life. It's a life of joy. It's a life of peace. When you live with the knowledge that it's been forgiven, when you live with knowing that it's in the past, it changes our mind because I'm associated with victory. God, I worship you. God, let there be a change in my mind. side of victory. I do. And so in repentance, we don't, we don't have to mourn anymore. The godly sorrow works repentance. It's not, it's not weeping and, and crying and, 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 and begging God for forgiveness. That's not what that scripture was. But it was coming to the realization that God, there's some changes I've got to make. That is what that scripture was talking about. And after I come to that realization, 
then I can flip back to Psalms 34 and it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And now I can pray, God, help me to change the way I speak. Let your praise continually be in my mouth. Don't let me speak the negativity, God. Let me worship you in spirit and in truth. In verse 2, it says, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. In this next verse, I need your help on. It says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Can you just put your hands together? Let's exalt his name. God, I exalt you. God, I thank you, God, for your forgiveness. God, I thank you for all that's in my life, God. I worship you. Hallelujah says in verse 4 that I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their lives were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want for them that fear him, that revere him, that love him. Oh, I, I look at this scripture. I've got to look for him. And in repentance, it changes my mind. It changes the things that I think about. God, let my mouth, let me speak with new tongue, God. Let me speak with a, a, a new mind, God. Let, let this mind be in me, God, that was also in Christ Jesus. God, I pray that you would touch me, that you would strengthen me. Change what's coming out of your mouth. I'm guilty of the praise not continually being in my mouth. We can't fight against one another. You're in a fight, and we need to fight for each other, not with each other. I need to stand with my brothers and sisters. So I'm going to ask you right now, as this song plays, why don't you stand to your feet? And as we end, I want us to give God glory and praise. God, I thank you for everything that you're doing. Why don't you stand to your feet right now, and let's give God a hand clap of praise. God, we worship you. God, we thank you for overcoming death, hell, and the grave. Every hot thing must come down. Every stronghold is going to be broken in Jesus' name, God. I believe it, God. I give you the praise. God, I give you glory for everything, God. I thank you, God. I worship you, Jesus. If you've got some struggles in your life and you want to pray, why don't you come to this altar and let's gather together as a church and let's stand with one another and say, I will fight with my brother and my sister. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, there's a war that's got to be won. I've got to make a decision in my life that I won't go back, that I'm going to fight, Jesus. I worship you, I thank you. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I worship you. I magnify your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I thank you, Jesus. I worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I worship you. Hallelujah. I say this. If you only knew just a portion of my story, you would know why I'm so passionate about the gospel and seeing lives changed. It's my addiction. 
I love it when someone's life is changed forever. It changes hearts. It's powerful when people's lives are changed. Turn it over to God. Submit yourself to Him. I want to share this with you. Next week, when we come here, it's Pentecost Sunday. And if you don't know what that is, that's okay. You will next week. You all, I'll explain the whole thing to you. I promise I'll explain it to you. But if you don't know, read Acts like one and two. Check that out. And I want you to, I want you to come next week with a mindset that God is going to move in this place. Don't, 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 don't come with a doubt. Don't come with a, I believe it. Like, I believe God moves every Sunday, but I want you to come with the faith believing that God is going to touch, that he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh like the word of God says. Let's, let's come believing next week that God is going to move in a mighty way. We've talked about repentance. That's the first thing. Got to repent, be baptized, and filled with his spirit. If God deals with you about baptism, then it's time. You want to be full of his spirit. I, I, I don't want to be found lacking. God, I pray you would touch each of us. God, I thank you for meeting us here today, God. God, as we end this series, God, let us always be reminded, God, that if I want to win the war within, I have to submit myself to you, God, to your will, God. If I want to win, I've got to associate my life with the side of victory, the one who wears the victor's crown. God, I pray you would move in our lives. God, as we go from this place, God, don't let your word return void. God, let it be on good ground. God, let the seed be good today. God, I pray you would touch each of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you. Have a great day. God bless. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Tell someone hello.